Hello, everyone. My name's Hank Sutterlow. And I'm Casey McBride. And we're here with another fun episode of Stir Crazy Shamans. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here with us. And if you're new to the newer format, we are just um, kind of flowing with the energy wherever our conversation goes. So if you have a question, a comment, anything like that, uh, please bring it up. Um, but Casey, how you doing this morning? Oh, wonderful. I, I noticed right as I was looking at myself here, I got this beautiful big pimple that showed up just for today's uh, episode. So um, we have a new friend. <laughs> hmm. I wonder what that is about. That's cool. Oh, let me just go through. I had to make sure I shared something. So whenever Hank is like really distracted and doing something else, you, you can always tell because his dialogue is just, oh, yeah, like, oh, great, that's cool. You know, that's yeah, cool. yeah, that's what I do in my life. You can tell like about 5% of his brain power goes into forming whatever <laughs> sentence. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Well, but sharing the stream is important. All right. Well, like, oh, I was speaking of which, I was clicking the little button to share the stream. Where am I sharing this from? Do I go to Stir Crazy Shamans to share it from? You, you can share it from wherever you want to share, Casey. But it's streaming. From it's streaming Stir Crazy Shamans, yeah. Okay. And I just shared it to a couple of groups as well. And if you're watching and you uh, feel inspired to share this as well, start a watch party or share it on your page. We certainly appreciate that. And also thank you everyone for liking the page. I think we are two away from 600 likes, which is pretty cool considering we started the page like a month and a half ago. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support. Yes, oh, it's been a very beautiful, wonderful ride so far. And um, yeah, I think it is. A lot of people are uh, really, I don't know, not hungry is the wrong word, but um, a lot of people really want this kind of uh, content. And I know the people that have been watching it that have sort of reached out to me, like uh, friends, family, and other people um, have said, uh, you know, it really helps to inspire them um, to, uh, you know, explore more of themselves and get a little more excited about their uh, spiritual work. And um, for some people, it just helps them to be more grateful for certain things. And uh, so people are taking away these messages, these things that we're talking about. And um, and that's, you know, to me, that makes me feel like we're an enormous success doing this already, that uh, we've inspired anyone to go a little bit deeper into themselves. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. And Mike's joining us. Good morning, Mike. I don't know what your comment means, but... <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> well, if everyone wondering, this. This looks like whiskey because it's in a whiskey glass and it's the same color. It's Moogie Cha. It's just my new favorite obsession beverage. Well, not new because I used to drink it um, like two years ago all the time. And then I forgot about it for like two years for some reason. But it is a Japanese beverage drank all the time in the summer in Japan. And it's like a roasted, uh, roasted barley. Uh, but it has like sort of a little bit of a bitter coffee-ish type flavor, but more mild and really refreshing and well, I recommend anyone who's interested in a nice, delicious, cool summer beverage without any caffeine in it. Uh, Mucha, it's wonderful. Right. Fun fact I learned about Casey: he's so sensitive to like stimulants and things. Like even decaffeinated coffee will like get him all wonkified. So stuff like what he's drinking, Mucha, is that what it's called? Mucha. 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 Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm very sensitive to stimulants, but. Um, not very sensitive to sedatives. <laughs> I remember uh, I was telling Hank this. Um, I had, uh, I think it was 
when I was getting, I think it was when I was getting my wisdom teeth pulled uh, years and years back. Um, but uh, they were going to put me under. And I remember after the fact, uh, my mother was telling me that they said they gave me like enough sedative to knock out a horse and I was still conscious. And um, and my grandma, I guess she uh, she's really, really healthy uh, her whole life. Um, uh, I, she's, she's up there in age, um, but she's never taken any medication, never had surgery or anything, uh, but then was starting to have like some issues with her heart. So she had to get a pacemaker put in. And again, had never really been put under or anything like that. Uh, and they went to sedate her and same thing. They were giving her like crazy amount of anesthetic and sedative to put her under. And they end up, they asked my uh, father, they're like, is she, is she like a heavy drinker? <laughs> I guess people who drink really heavily sometimes have like a more of a tolerance. And uh, they're like, they're like, no, she, she doesn't drink. <laughs> so yeah, I guess it's just in the gene pool. So really tolerant to sedatives, stimulants, no. Did I ever tell you my oh. story about wisdom teeth? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't um, think you did. <laughs> so I, I had to get my wisdom teeth out. And for one, they're really sneaky because you like go in one room, but after you're done with your surgery, they like make you go out the back door because they don't want to like traumatize people in the waiting room. <laughs> but, any, but anyway, so I, I they, they put me under the next memory I have, I'm in the car with my wife driving me home. And she, they told, she said that when I came out of it, I was pulling the gauze out of my mouth as fast as I could and saying, quick, quick, get me a pen and paper. I know the, mystery, you know, the secrets of the universe. And of course, they thought I was just delusional or whatnot. And perhaps I was. But I mean, like, give a man a piece of paper and a pen, you know? Like, what, <laughs> like what's the worst that could happen? I would write down on something ridiculous and they could make fun of me for it. But man, like, what gold might have come from that? Like, I, I gotta, I, maybe I'm going to go get a regression and see, like, what was my experience during my wisdom teeth? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you you touched in with with uh that which knows everything and you had the secret right there i had it and they no one wanted to know <laughs> and by the time i was more conscious about it like i i wasn't in the space anymore to write anything down or do anything but uh, i could have at least asked you what it was they didn't even ask you <laughs> no, well, I, I don't really remember but i don't think they did they thought i was just um crazy with the medicine or something uh, yeah and then that was my also my experience like you know i don't swallow pills i've never been able to swallow pills and uh I, the medicine that you had to get i needed the liquid for form because i couldn't i think it was oxy that they gave me or something like that man that was loopy stuff <laughs> i remember oh it's, it's, speaking of like the crazy tolerance to those substances I, uh, I when i got my wisdom teeth pulled i was you think i was they prescribed whatever painkiller it was i was supposed to take um, like one or two of them. And I took that dose and did nothing. So we called the doctor and um, they said that I could take double the dose, but to be like careful and like even that like didn't do anything. And <laughs> so I don't know. I just, but you no, know, it's funny because I was speaking of like the tolerance to that, but then having no tolerance to uh, like caffeine or other stimulants, my grandma, um, same thing. Um, she was talking to me uh, about, she, she just doesn't, probably never researched it or anything. But um, she was asking me the one time I was with her, she's like, is there, she's like, I know you worked at the tea shop before. Uh, is there caffeine in black tea? <laughs> like, I'm like, yes, there's caffeine in black tea. And uh, she, she's like, I was drinking black tea the one morning. I, she doesn't normally drink black tea. I thought she did, but I didn't. Anyway, um, so she was saying she drank black tea the one day and that like her heart was like beating really fast and she got like all anxious and, and like 
Um, so yeah, I guess that goes all like all the way back to grandma. So I don't know what, what the genetics are there. <laughs> I'm just curious. Have you ever heard of ketamine? I was probably, yes. uh, there, there's actually ketamine clinics, I guess. Like I haven't looked too much into it, but I guess they actually will, um, they have like little clinics where you can sign up to uh, have that kind of treatment done to maybe have an experience like that. I don't think that's why they market it, but, um, but tomato, we'll, tomato. We'll brought that up. I'm curious. Because we're talking about going under. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, because that. Well, no. I think ketamine is originally they use that to put cats under. Like, in, well, it's it's a horse tranquilizer, but you can oh, use horse. it for humans too. There's there's okay. ketamine clinics that that's all they do is they treat and they use it to treat like um, depression and other things. Like here's yeah. one found treating depression and chronic pain with cutting edge ketamine infusion therapy. Yeah, I watched a, uh, a Vice documentary on that. Uh, the one guy. Um, <laughs> that's what he has a whole show or like it's like a series. Where he goes and like tries all these like different like psychedelics and different drugs and things and uh, so he went to a ketamine clinic and did that. That was an interesting episode. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure if this is true. Do you think magic skips generations? I think everything's magic, but um, Magic Mike thinks that magic skips generations. I don't know. That's an interesting point of view, Mike. Just say. <laughs> I don't know. No, my uh, uh, well, it's different side of the family, but my mother um, is definitely. Uh, she's very empathic and uh, energy sensitive. Um, and uh, it was funny when I went through my sort of like uh, atheist phase where I was really like, you know, if you have any spiritual view or anything, you're an idiot and science can prove anything. I, I distinctly remember this one really like big argument I had with my mother about um, uh, how she was talking about, she's like, oh yeah, we've been watching these shows with these psychics that uh, like the, the police hire to like solve certain like murder mysteries and things. And I was like, just tell my mom how she was like so stupid for believing in that. And how it was all just a scam and stuff. And I remember having this big argument with her. And um, then here I am now like doing the spirit guide mediumship. Um, but no, but it, it's fun now to be able to talk a little bit more about that stuff with, uh, with my mom, uh, like she'll even come to me. Like she'll like re she reads a lot of books on a lot of different things. But every once in a while, she'll be like, "Oh, I just read this book on empaths," and like, "Oh, it's it's totally me and you." And so it's really cool to be able to have that kind of dialogue with her. But uh, so no, I don't. So I, if anything, I think it gets stronger maybe with the generations. In my in my personal experience, yeah. the only uh, thing I can think of is like if someone tried to force their um, their spirituality on a child and they became resistant to it like maybe that could cause it to skip it like if they totally were weren't open to it because it was being kind of forced on them or something like that mm. like sometimes you have like one generation that's really religious and the next one's not the next one's a little bit more religious and the next one's not because of just growing up with it you choose something different versus just letting the kids develop however they choose well i had that's a strong theory because another thing they say about like skipping generations is like with alcoholism right um and uh, they say alcoholism skips a generation and um like i've heard people say that and i would ask you know, like, well, you know what is the reason for that people are like i don't know genetics and so no one really had an explanation whenever i would ask that and i thought you know what i, I, don't, I don't think it has anything to do with genetics if anything i think that maybe there is a genetic predisposition for like more addictive tendencies or something um but i think the reason it skips a generation is that you have like whatever mom and dad were alcoholics. So the children growing up saw that and were like, Oh, I, I want no part of that. So they have a strong aversion to like ever being, you know, dependent on substances. And then that's still like same, you know, addictive tendency is in the bloodline. 
or maybe it's more of like anxiety or, or something like that. And then, um, you know, the next generation grows up who didn't see their parents like that. And so then they <laughs> turn to drugs and alcohol and then so on and so forth. Um, and that they, definitely runs in my side of the family. My grandma actually drove her car right through the storefront of her own bar. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And, but I got sober, fortunately, before my kids were even born. So they've never seen me in the state that I would be in when I was uh, doing my, my heavy drinking. So that's a fortunate thing. But the, we have a very open dialogue with them about that. Like, yeah, daddy doesn't do that. He has an allergic reaction to alcohol, mm -hmm. which is how they describe it. It's kind of like an allergy, the way that the doctor who wrote uh, some of the material back then on it was uh, saying is it has, it's akin more to an allergy. You take it, then you have like this effect after you're taking it. Mm. So could do a whole episode on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, is this the episode for it? Who knows? <laughs> no, well, maybe. No. no, but if you're just joining us, if you have questions, uh, like the conversation, we just kind of allow it to flow wherever the energy goes. And we started by talking about uh, wisdom teeth getting taken out and then uh, ketamine and now a little bit about <laughs> addiction tendencies. So we're just kind of kind of shuffling all over the place. But if you have a particular question or comment where you want us to go, uh, you can definitely um, say that. And Linda, she gave us a little hug. I think that's a little hug emoji. I can never tell what the emojis are. But uh, but thank you for joining us, Linda. We appreciate you being here. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, well, really interesting, we were talking about like the ketamine clinics. Another thing I I've been hearing they're talking about is uh, like in certain states, they're starting to legalize um, like psychedelic mushrooms for therapeutic purposes. Yep, they've been doing studies with uh, psilocybin specifically for addiction, and then things like the MDMA for uh, PTSD and other things like that. So they're they're starting to really look at what the benefits are from a clinical standpoint. So science and shamanism is kind of meeting in the middle now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, but I, I remember I watched. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was on Gaia or something, or maybe it was just a thing on Netflix. But um, they were talking about how um, that's sort of they think the, where the future of like psychotherapy is going to go is going to kind of merge with like um, more of this, uh, like, uh, you know, instead of giving people antidepressants and things, when people need help, there'll be like a, like a psychedelic mushroom clinic that they go to or something. And um, so I don't know, it was, it was really interesting. And then um, I know uh, uh, another friend of mine who's really interested in this kind of thing was telling me that uh, psilocybin mushrooms um, like they're mycelium, like it's really, really widespread underground. I guess it's one particular species of them. And uh, they've been studying them and they found in areas where the land is like really polluted, the psilocybin mushrooms, uh, the mycelium like completely soaks up and like transmutes the, um, the, uh, the pollution, but the mushrooms themselves aren't contaminated after that. So I thought that was really interesting because, you know, maybe they're, that's like a sort of a physical parallel to what they might be doing for the uh, collective subconscious. And Possibly. And there is a, there was a whole movie on fungus in general, not just psilocybin, but just showing how, um, how really, if you look at the movie avatar, how they have like the interconnection between everything, it would be like the mushrooms and how it, whatever its structure is underneath, like connecting everything is pretty, uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to eventually seeing it, but they, it's been kind of making a sweep across the states uh, and a lot of people have been uh, drawn to watching it yeah it is fascinating that's uh, so the stuff underneath is what i refer to it's the mycelium is what that's called and um it, we always think of mushrooms as just being that little thing we see sticking out of the ground but uh, there's this whole network of that mycelium 
uh, under the ground. And what we are seeing is just the fruiting body of it. But really, the majority of the mushroom is underground. Um, and uh, and there are these really fascinating organisms called saporophytes, and uh, they are they look re some of them look really otherworldly, like almost like something you'd find saporophytes. Saporophytes, yeah. Um, so they look like something you would almost find in the app, uh, like the Blue People Avatar movie. Um, <laughs> but they're like really interesting. Anyway, so what's fascinating about them is that um, they feed off of both the mycelium from mushrooms and the roots of trees. Um, and they, they don't use the like energy of the sun or anything like that. They don't feed from the soil. They just feed from the roots of the trees and the mycelium at the same time. Uh, but they're not parasitic. It's like a symbiotic relationship. I think I got a picture of these things here. There's a whole bunch there's of, all kinds of them. So these are the ones up here. These are, that's, that's oh. not them. I think I'm, I'm trying to point and like use my mouse, but they can't see it. Um, <laughs> Red, well, the, red, the red mushrooms with the white specks, those are those are not those are Amanita muscaria. And then a bunch of these on the top are actually just mushrooms. Most of those are just mushrooms. But if you see the um all the way top right, the uh white ones with the little like frilly things coming off, uh those yeah, those are saporophytes. Um uh exit out of that one. Exit out of it? Make okay. it smaller. Make it smaller. I'm trying. Okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find. So, um, yeah, and then like that one, the the pink one there, those are saporophytes, and those little uh, the ones next to those, those are as well. Okay, well, um, that's enough examples. I just wanted to. I've never heard that term before, so I just wanted to have a little bit of a visual context for it. Yeah, um, but uh, I mean, a lot of them are even way wilder looking than that. But um, I just think they're fascinating. They're like uh, sort of like the bridge between two completely different worlds, like the tree world and the like mycelium mushroom world. And they like are the, they come out of that. Uh, but yeah, but they feed off of them without um, damaging the plants. Like they're not parasitic so somehow. Um, so they like, they actually have like a beneficial relationship with both plants. So that was really cool. Yeah, which is another great example of what we call in this tradition, Aini, which is divine reciprocity. Just like how we're in Aini with the trees, with our exchange of gases, the mushrooms are in Aini with the underworld uh -oh. doing Hang. all that good stuff. What's up? Oh, you froze there. I don't know if it was just on my end, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe every once in a while I just freeze like that and make you think I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then just pick up your sentence where you would, would have been a few seconds down the road. <laughs> uh, oh man, if we, when we're on for April Fool's Day, you, you might not remember it, but I might do something like that to you. We'll see. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> just throw up like a, put a picture of yourself in front of the camera. <laughs> You know, that's no joke. Um, I, I won't say who, but I found that some people that are homeschooled, they would take like their phone and like make a picture of them like on it and like set it up for the camera. So that it would look like they're on a zoom call for their school or whatever, but it's really like their phone with them just bit pre videoed on a loop and then, <laughs> and then they go off and do other things. I'm oh, like, wow, great. that is pretty creative. What if they get called on? What do they do? <laughs> well, then I, I don't know. Like, yeah. But that is very creative. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally wouldn't do that. I would just turn the video off and go somewhere. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those uh, memes and things with people, uh, people joking about all of the interesting interactions that happen on the Zoom style schooling. But, uh, yeah, definitely a different, uh, different experience. Especially sure. we get Zoom bombed. I think that was called because like. 
people would just put the links out and then like random people trying to promote whatever agendas they want to promote would just like come into someone's room like start sharing videos and other things and uh just messing with people like people that were doing their doctorate dissertations have people that's coming in like showing pornography or something like that <laughs> uh so uh zoom was very quick to kind of add a few extra security features to kind of curb that but uh, oh, wow. fun times fun times didn't happen to me fortunately but uh the news articles are entertaining <laughs> Oh yeah, and I'm I'm really kind of confused as to why Zoom is the thing everyone uses. Are they just really good at marketing or whatever? Because I know like my brother um, uh, was telling me, for example, like Discord uh, is a server that that's like all the gamers use it, but you could use it for anything. And um, and apparently like it's it's a lot more powerful and like streamlined and uh, just like from what he was telling me, everything works way better than Zoom does. But for some reason, like people doing this kind of stuff and like schooling and all that, like no one uses it. And the Discord is completely free also. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with the privacy rules. I don't know. I, I, I don't know much about Discord. Yeah. But, but like know, Zoom, but but Zoom has the ability, like if you hit in a corporate setting, you could have like breakout rooms and like you could put these two people in this room and three people in this room and they have breakout discussions and stuff like that, then come back. So from the corporate setting there's a, a, a probably a couple benefits and things of that nature. And there's ways to monetize it if you wanted to charge for a workshop. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So okay, now we're nerding out on business stuff. <laughs> no, but I, I've hosted workshops using Zoom for the with those very um, same things that we, that we that we were using uh, for it. Like when Andrew was doing intuitive intuition development, you might teach a technique to develop and then split people into sharing partner groups so they could um, go back and forth trying out the technique and then come back to the main room for the next one and then split people up again and rotate them. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. It's pretty cool, actually. It costs an extra fifty bucks a month, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so where are we going? <laughs> I don't know. Like Zoom kind of uh, killed the conversation there. <laughs> so if you have a question, well, we'll put up Mike's uh, unicorns. Give, give us a dose of magical possibility. Thanks, Mike. And what's up with you, like spelling your name all weird on YouTube? I'm just curious. Like you don't have to actually answer that, but uh, well, well, next time I see, you, I'm curious to to find out <laughs> like i see him with all kinds of different names like uh like he has 20 different logins for stuff it's really interesting oh <laughs> uh, let's see where do we want to go with this conversation or are we fried already it's only 20 minutes this would be like a recordly short uh spirit crazy comments <laughs> uh, uh, let's see uh a, a moment of silence to let the words flow through us whoever starts talking first loses <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with losing. I'll make with. <laughs> well, you know they say in radio like dead air is like uh, you don't want that. So I, I, I threw up there. If you have questions or you want to um, offer a contribution, uh, please go ahead and make a comment. We're happy to uh, talk about that. And I will speak of something that kind of came up yesterday on the midnight meanderings, and also people messaging me from conversations with God. Uh, which is a book that I run a discussion group on once a month, um, is the whole idea of um, highly evolved beings, Hebes or ETs, extraterrestrials. What's your take on that type of thing? Like other uh, beings that are corporeal that are uh, starting to, or, or allegedly entering into our experience. Uh, any thoughts on that? That are corporeal or non-corporeal? Corporeal, like having a body. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I honestly would not doubt it. I know for a fact that there are many, many, many beings from all kinds of different planets and realms of existence that are here on Earth, and uh, and in fact, um, uh, I don't think anyone, any human on the planet, is from this planet. Uh, spiritually speaking, uh, we come from all different parts of the universe, and um, so in, through my experience journeying. Uh, I have been shown certain things and um, also uh, have kind of confirmed talking to other people who have journeyed um, that. So anyway, here's my explanation of it. Um, <laughs> outside of our solar system, there's this giant uh, sort of like uh, portal that you can think of as being like almost like a like giant international airport. It may not be like the destination for where people, spiritual beings are going, but in order to get to other realms and places, they have to stop through here. And then our planet just is in the solar system, so it's not very far away. And the interesting thing about this planet is that um, uh, among other things, uh, when you are incarnate here, your memories are temporarily wiped clean and it's as if you're experiencing reality for the first time. Um, and there are other planets you can be incarnate on where that does not happen. And uh, where the whole time you're incarnate, you have all your memories of spirit. So you can imagine for beings that have been in existence for, like if we could put it into human time and years, you know, millions, billions, trillions of years, and uh, they stop by and they're like, hey, if you want to stop on that planet for, you know, a thousand years or so, you can experience all these lifetimes where it's going to be like it's all new for the first time. They're like, sign me up for that, right? <laughs> so um, so uh, all these beings kind of uh, come to experience this and also be here during these times of like change and all the other good stuff. Um, but that's uh, one of the reasons like when people ask about um, like reincarnation, people who are kind of like skeptical they go, oh, how do you explain like all the new people where all those new spirits coming from? Well, that's where. <laughs> um, so, uh, but as far as like corporeal, like uh, like beings physically um, coming, well, coming here. I mean, I, I honestly wouldn't doubt it. It wouldn't surprise me. I have no knowledge of that or experience with it. Um, but uh, like when a being, uh, uh, like these beings could, a lot of them have the ability to manifest physically and show up, but that would cause a lot of chaos just to try and come and, and experience things. So instead, it's much easier to just slip into the incarnation grid for these beings and experience the lifetimes that way, instead of um, you know going through the effort of manifesting physically and all the chaos that would come along with that. And I don't know if you watched it or not, but no, this uh, brought back a memory from something I, I heard on my silent retreat weekend called Human Holiday. It's a British comedy skit. I'll just post a link in the comments to the YouTube video if you have a chance, uh, if you're watching. It's just a fun little 20 minute um, skit, but it's all like they're bidding on like an auction. They're like, Who, what, what human holiday do you want to go on? <laughs> and, and they have like a little theme song for like, it's a human holiday, you know, it's fun if you, if you want to listen to it. Um, yeah, and and I, I personally hadn't thought about that much, but I agree. Um, even in the Carol tradition, they have like the starlight festival and it's like you're giving honoring to the stars for when the light beings or the star beings came down to see the planet. And so like when you say that we all have space origins uh, that like the, in the tradition of the Carol anyway, and I'm sure that there's a lot of other native traditions that would probably say something similarly 
that we were seated here from somewhere else and whether you have different roots of palladians or whatnot um it's all there and then jokingly um one of the, one of the people who own a local shop they had this crazy thing happen to them when they were little like and just the whole physical body got shifted a little bit and they were kind of inquiring what that was about and i jokingly said oh maybe it's because you're an alien and have you ever had that those truth bumps like when you say something and it's so true that it resonates in your whole body like you just know <laughs> so, so like i said that jokingly and then i had that wave i'm just like holy shit you are <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then i'm just like oh cool so um um, you know, I, I fully uh, believe that there's all kinds of interminglings. How do we find out where we're from? John was asking, how do you find out where you're from? Um, yeah, start, John, you, I know for a fact you, you do shamanic journeying with me all the time. That's a great way to find out. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, if, you're, if you want, the next time we have a session, which I think is like a week or so from now, um, we can journey um, for that purpose. We can, because you have really good dialogue with your guides and really good communication so yeah we could uh we, we could journey and and uh and find out so that's a, a complete possibility <laughs> or maybe another possibility is that something that if we were to put on like a group um type of meditation type of thing is that something you could walk a group through on or is that more of a one-on-one -on -one thing because you have to interact based on what they're doing energetically uh it would be much much better as a one-on-one -on -one thing but i could adapt it to be a uh a group thing. I just can, I definitely cannot. Uh, I mean, I can never guarantee what anyone's going to experience, but that way, definitely would, would have no idea <laughs> if that would be successful for a yeah. lot of people. And, and John says he would absolutely love to find out where he is on the next journey. So that's yeah. cool. Well, well, for people who um, are interested in that, if you go to shamansway.com, that's Casey. Shamansway Healing. Shamanswayhealing.com. <laughs> Uh, that's Casey's website, and you could actually book a one-on-one, -on -one, like a spirit-guided meditation type of thing. So, if that is interesting to you, but we Sh will talk. shamanic what? journeying. Is what shamanic is. journeying. Actually, I don't know if I have it. Do I have it listed on Square? If not, I need to get on that. Uh, it's listed on the. It's on the website, but I don't know if I have an option to actually book the session. As far as like prepaying and signing up, if not, I need to get on that. So maybe I'll do that today. But yeah, if you're or if you're interested, if, if I don't for some reason have it on the website, you can always just reach out to Shaman's Way on Facebook. You see our little logo up there in the corner. It says Shaman's Way. That's the logo there. Um, but I'm on Facebook. You can send me a message and inquire and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, John. I would I would love to do that on your next journey. I'm really curious to know now too. <laughs> and uh, do you have any? I mean, I don't, some people aren't interested, you know, because we're here in you have a present moment of now and that's all you, you need to experience. But a lot of people are curious at some point about where they come from. Do you have much experience with past lives or like where you come from before this planet? For me personally? No, yeah. not really. No, never been interested. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. really. no, there's a lot of people that, that aren't. Well, <laughs> I, I've had a lot of, um, well, a couple past life regression experiences, but pre-planet, like I, I guess the closest thing is while doing some deep uh, guided journeying work with a teacher plant, uh, I was seeing like the time in between lifetimes, like choosing to oh, like what what I was going to do and, and all that type of thing and why things played out the way that they did and uh, stuff like that. But I think you're talking about even a step before that, like before coming to this realm. Right. Um, well, and, or, or past, past lives, whatever. But, but I was referring to, yeah, before ever coming into Earth, Earth's incarnation grid. Yeah. 
think, well, I have to kind of reconstruct some things. I was posing that question. There might have been some experiences here and there, but I never really put in the context of that being what that is. If that makes sense, I'd have to really think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, well, we got time today, right? It's 10. Yeah, we got time. You don't, you don't have to be anywhere for the next half hour, do you? No. I was going to say, I can tell a little bit about my story of where I come from. I've never shared that like publicly. Oh, Maybe I should. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so my earliest memory um, uh, from like past life experiences are um, uh, I was this uh, giant flying mechanoid being. And my mechanoid, I mean like a cross between almost like machine and flesh. And I had a thousand razor sharp limbs and I lived on this very um, hostile planet and uh, it was, you know, like dog eat dog, like, you know, you got to kill to survive type thing. Um, and I was very powerful, even among the various types of beings on this planet. And um, I uh, got to the point where, well, so what I did, my thing is how I got more and more powerful was that I would, uh, I could send out these shock waves that would like basically knock a being unconscious and like sort of kill them. Uh, but as they were dying, it would give them these like horrifying near-death experience dreams. And I would send out these like tendrils and I would feed on the energy of that intense energy of the near-death experience and I would get more and more powerful. <laughs> and so um, uh, I got to the point where um, I had just, I remember I had like killed, I guess what you would consider like the leader of like my particular race of beings on that planet. And then all of these other beings like me, like rose up to try and like destroy me. But I was so powerful at this point that I like just all at once <laughs> destroyed all of them, fed on all of their near death dreams and mass enough ener destructive energy that I was about to like rip a hole in, in space time and like destroy possibly, I don't know, a large portion of at least the solar system, if not the galaxy. And um, right as I was at that point, um, a hand uh, pulled me out of my realm. Uh, and I had no idea what a hand was at this point. <laughs> so um, it was, and uh, so this hand pulled me out and then I was in this room of just light and um, really disoriented and like bouncing off the walls, trying to figure out what was going on. And then the hand kind of slammed me down to the ground and I was all just completely broken and destroyed. Um, and then it raised me back up and healed me and put me back together. And then I was faced with a mirror and in the mirror, I could see myself, but also the energy and the souls and the suffering of all of the people I'd ever um, caused all that suffering or all the beings that ever caused that suffering to. I didn't like that. So I destroyed the mirror. And, um, <laughs> And then I was basically like, boof, just held down with this intense gravity. And um, uh, and then, then there, that was the first angel I ever met was standing there and um, basically presented me with a choice. He's, this angel said, um, we can destroy you right now or you can join us. Those are your choices. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't want to die right now. <laughs> So, um, so to give a little context on this, the angels uh, in, in my experience, um, not exactly how the Catholic or Christian church uh, describes them. Um, they are a collection of beings from all around various realms of existence, planets, all that kind of good stuff. And um, the form of like the winged humanoid is one of the forms that we take uh, when dealing with various 
planets and uh, they act as like healers and uh and ambassadors and even like sometimes mercenaries depending on the situation um but uh they deal with uh, beings from like an alliance of beings that are I guess you could say like four of the light, whatever you want to put that. Um, but anyway, uh, so I lived with them for uh, a long time and was really like resentful. I was just like, I'm just here because I have to be. And I did not want any part of it. And I had actually developed the uh, while I was living with them in secret, uh, a way for me to uh, like this energetic device, sort of like a, or just a way of using energy where while they were sleeping, I could give them near-death dreams and then feed off of them. My plan was to do this in secret and then um, build up enough energy to where I could like take them on. And before, and just as I got to the point where I was about to use it on the first person, um, one of what humans would call like the archangels uh, came and like grabbed my hand, pulled this thing out of me, and then he just pushes it into my body. And I started experiencing what I was about to be doing to a lot of people, and it was horrible. And then he goes, um, and he said, uh, I had something, I mean, this wasn't in English or anything, so I'm just kind of giving a rough translation. But it was basically um, like, this is what you've been doing to people. This is what you're about to do to people. And then he made it really intense. And then he goes, uh, does this feel good? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, uh, you know, this is going to come back to you, all of this. The more you do this, the more this is going to come back to you. And um, he's, and so something about the way he, he put all this in the moment of that happening made something click for the first time. And I was like, oh, maybe this isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so uh, he was the first angel that I ever started to respect. And um, he kind of became my like mentor. And I eventually sort of just started to see him as like a, almost like a father type figure. And um he uh, uh, trained me, and I uh, eventually, through what in human time would probably be like hundreds or thousands of years, um, I came to really like love my angel brothers and sisters and had all kinds of experiences with them helping me to grow and learn and all of that. And uh, even when I was to the point where I was like, you know, these are my brothers and sisters, you know, like they're like, you know, I, like I'm never going back and like this is where I'm meant to be. Um, I like there would be there would be times when there were sort of like wars and things that would happen. Um, and I always wanted to fight. I was like, I'm really strong. I can help. Like, let me get rid of these like demonic beings or whatever they were. Like, I, I can do this. And for forever, they were like, no, you are learning to heal. That's all you get to do is heal. You spend enough time fighting. You're a healer now. And uh, so I always get really frustrated. Um, but um, yeah, so anyway, that's a little bit about where I come from. And then, uh, so as far as coming here to Earth, um, of most beings, I believe, that come here do come here like voluntarily. But um, uh, spiritual beings are infinite. You, you can't kill a spirit, right? So say you have some really malicious being that like we, the angels are trying to deal with uh, for a long time. Like sure there are ways to like sort of imprison them and things, but one way um, to uh, deal with a malicious being uh, is to shatter their spirit into a thousand or like many, many fragments and um, have them incarnate many bodies all at once on a planet. So not only are they stuck in the incarnation grid, but like 
one of them dies, the other one dies, they merge up. Okay, well, we have to reincarnate and wait for more of us to die and merge. Um, and so I knew that that was a thing that happened to beings, but then I got called away uh, one day on a mission with one of my um, angel brothers. And um, so this memory that I'm about to explain was the first memory I remembered about all of this stuff. And I was in, uh, this is human, Casey, in like this life now. I was in, <laughs> I was in a, um, a, like a spiritual chat room back in the day when I was first starting to learn about all this stuff. And I was having this really in-depth conversation with this guy and he started uh, like typing in this other language and I was typing back and like we could understand it, but I didn't. So anyway, I'm like, okay, well, we obviously have known each other or something from a past life. And I said, but I don't have any experience remembering past lives. And he said, I do. So I'm going to try and um, remember uh, where we know each other from. And um, he starts to uh, recall this memory. And I just went out energetically and connected with his energy. And before he starts typing anything, I start seeing the scene play out from my point of view. And what I'm about, and I'm about to describe the scene, but um, he's describing it, and that, or he, I would see it, and then he would type what I had seen, but from his point of view in the memory. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know where this guy is anymore. I don't, I don't have contact with him, so that's kind of sad. But um, anyway, so uh, basically, we were called away on this mission, and there was this giant, like, destructive entity. Um, that we were to be sent out ahead to deal with this thing. And um, we were fighting it and it was so powerful that we were kind of, well, we were like uh, losing. And um, the other guy had like this last ditch effort thing was this like energetic device that would just kind of like destroy it, but also take out a lot of stuff around us. And um, in hindsight, that probably would have been the better thing to do, but I was against anything being, uh, destroyed and I thought there was another way to do it so I stopped him and then I was hit by this being and he did that thing to me where he shattered me into uh, a thousand pieces and I he put me on earth <laughs> and thousand <laughs> bodies all at once and so um, and so when you said you have memories of like in between lives and all of that uh, my things in between lives that happens is I wait for one of my fragments to also die and then we merge up and then either incarnate or wait for another one and all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, so that's my story. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> <laughs> so how many pieces of KC are you? Um, I, ha I don't know exactly, but I have the sense that there are less than a hundred of me. Um, but the thing is, so like, for example, certain energetic forms are too, uh, there's too much energy to fit into uh, like a, a certain kind of physical body, like a certain kind of like circuitry, right? So like for a human body, for example. And I am to the point where after this life, after I merge with another piece of me uh, or the other pieces of me start to merge together, uh, I will no longer fit inside of a human body. Um, there's just too much energy for it. Um, so this is my last incarnation here <laughs> on this planet. <laughs> Fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is all just stuff that I've remembered um, through. Uh, and so like after that first one, I'd never had a past life memory before, but after I remembered that experience that that other guy was remembering at the same time, ever since then, I've been able to just sit down and kind of go up to trance and then um, recall 
uh, about past lives. So there was a while where I spent a lot of time remembering all that stuff. But I don't yeah. really do that. Curiosity, which angel was it? Is it Graham or a different one, or is it an unnamed one in this life? Uh, which one were you talking The one that you started to respect. Uh, actually, it's the uh, archangel that the humans refer to as Gabriel. Okay. Very but right. no, uh, no the, the, these, as if people can see who I'm pointing to. But no, so the angels that follow me around in this life, we uh, one, so Sheila uh, is there. And it, in, in with angels, there, there isn't really like male and female. Um, the gender is kind of ambiguous, but there are angels that I, as a human, associate with more like female or male. Um, so Sheila is, uh, how to put it, we're bonded. Oh, the closest thing I can relate it to is like my angel wife, <laughs> right? Um, so there was, I have memory of like how we met and all that stuff. Um, but uh, uh, there's this ceremony that happens with angels that are like really close and bonded where you like, there's, it's a beautiful, incredibly beautiful ceremony that I would have a lot of difficulty describing. But part of what happens is that you completely like disassemble into just like infinitely small particles of energy and then remerge as like one and then come back out again. And um, so we're kind of like very close bonded like that. And then Graham uh, is, um, how to put it, like he came along with her when, when they both became angels. So kind of like her brother, so to speak. And, um, and then Thrax uh, is another angel that like I uh, I met in battle, and um, uh, and then uh, Sigil is the one that <laughs> was the one that slammed me down <laughs> and like did all that and was like, hey, you either join us or we're gonna kill you. Uh, <laughs> so Sigil uh, is the one that uh, uh, that did that, and um, it was funny even throughout this lifetime before I started to like ask him about how we we really knew each other. Um, you know, he kind of had this energy of. And he, he's still like this a little bit, but um, he's got more of like a serious like tone about him, but he's just because he's like really busy doing a lot of stuff. But um, I got this, there was like an interesting interaction between us and um, I learned it was uh, like, uh, yeah. But anyway, just an interesting interaction from him being the uh, one to sort of <laughs> recruit me, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> really interesting. I like it. You should write that out in a book, I think. I know. <laughs> yeah, I've got all kinds of adventures that I've been on in, in spirit as well. That, um, oh yeah, I could write a lot of books if I actually sat down and motivated to do this. <laughs> well, I just got to tell more on air, and then we'll have it transcribed, and then you just have it edited, and you're done. There we go. <laughs> and, and that makes it easy. <laughs> I, remember, I remember I told one of my friends who's actually. Um, like he is more spiritually minded, but like has not experienced any of this kind of stuff. And I told him the, that story of like where I come from. And um, he, like I met him a week later or something. And he so he told me that after he went home, after he was, was thinking about that story, he's like, does this guy just sit up and like, did he just make all that up? Like, that's like, so but then he's like, he's like, no, he's like, I know. He's like, that's like way too wild and creative and like, like people don't just make that stuff up. And so like, he came to the conclusion that it was all true, which it is. But um, I just thought it was funny that it was like so out there that he's like, who just sits around and makes that up? <laughs> but, <no. laughs> oh, but yeah, it is. It's kind of a wild out there story. I don't really know anyone else that has stories like that. So <laughs> I mean, I do. I do know other people that have those stories, but we're very um, 
few and far between. <laughs> I guess I'm sure all of us have it if we're willing to remember it in the right. moment of now. And yeah, so right. everybody's mission now after watching this episode is to, as you fall asleep tonight, just be like, hey, let me have an experience that gives me a glimpse of what happened before this wild ride of Earth, the, before yeah. this human holiday. <laughs> this human holiday. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, and then so it just, I get, well, I'm on the roll of telling these stories anyway. <laughs> one of one of the lives um, that I was uh, incarnate in um, was uh, in ancient, I believe it was ancient Egypt. It was un so anyway. Um, there were these sort of how to put it uh, mages, magi, magi. Um, uh, anyway, like like uh, sorcerers uh, um, or like magic practitioners in ancient Egypt. We were in this underground like tomb type thing and um uh they knew that i was like an upper world kind of being incarnate being, being incarnate in a physical body um and they knew where i was going to be incarnate and so right after i was born and, and as an infant in this lifetime these mages uh like sacrificed me as a part of a magic ritual as a baby and um, I came out of that body and was so enraged by the experience that um, I, in I don't know what happened physically, but energetically, I just remember like bringing this giant like tsunami like wave over this everything in this village and destroying a bunch of stuff. So I don't know if like uh, on a physical level that was just like a huge flood or something that happened. Um, but I remember that the angels um, like pulled me aside and they were like, uh, this isn't going to go without consequence. But <laughs> So I was reprimanded for that. And um, I was actually temporary for like a numerous lifetimes. Um, I was sort of stripped of my um, angel uh, uh, status. <laughs> that pack from on your Razorback days or whatever that was. Yeah. So that that form I still have access to, and I've used that when dealing with entities in this life, like doing healing sessions. Um, like that, I'll, I can spiritually turn into that form, and then it's just like boom, I can knock stuff out. So that's like my my ace in the hole when it comes to dealing with entities is to use that form. <laughs> Very cool. I don't know where we can go after that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have an even crazier story, Hank. <laughs> not offhand. <laughs> Let's see. Just sent rest. What? I don't know what you're talking about, Mike. But that's cool. I think. Okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, anyway, yeah, that might be a good wrap. <laughs> that might be a wrapping it up for you. <laughs> wow. So we went from. Uh, we went from silence. moments of silence. No, that was great. I really enjoyed the, the story. They see that they, the one thing I would have changed is that would be way cooler if we had told that around a campfire somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I can again. Yeah, we can definitely do that again. Oh, I, Mike. You got to talk in complete sentences, man. Just sent Raz. I think he's talking about access bars and the being that was um, channeled for that. But anyway, that's a whole nother, that is a topic for a different day. <laughs> cool. Any other questions or things? Yeah, that's what he was talking about. Cool. Well, I guess that's good. 
<laughs> it's like, I don't know what to say to that. I don't know what to say to that. No. No, I mean, I have a lot. Well, so Hank doesn't know what to say like, to that. Between, between, uh, sto- uh, like, in, in between world stories. I mean, I got lots of stories about dual occupancy and walk-ins and stuff like that, but uh, not not to that degree. Of course, I've never had a, I've never put out the intention to know any of that type of stuff. Um, maybe I should and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, some, it's, it's interesting. If nothing else, you know, it's fun. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. And it is fun. And that's the, but the whole point of all this, too, is just have that fun experience and how elaborate and a magical life can you create an experience can you create for yourself? And you, you have a pretty one up there with the top 10 magical ones, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's only a portion of experience. I look forward to more stories. We, we can have a whole segment just of uh, just magical stories by Casey and uh <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, I've been on some amazing. I've been even in this lifetime. I've been to so many incredible places. Oh, so that's where that started from. It all started with you asking about um... <laughs> heaps, highly evolved beings. Yeah. Yes, and aliens. I was just wondering. I'm like, how did we get? In, how did we get into me telling that story? Uh... I asked an amazingly good question. <laughs> Human created holiday. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll enjoy that. Like anybody who uh, wants to do that. And if you want to tap into your own experiences about where, you, where your what your magical story might be, uh, go to shamanswayhealing.com and look a thing with Casey and you can create a space where you can experience that. Yes, absolutely. That is something we can do. And I actually, uh, I don't even know if I have it. Did we put that on the website that I offer past life regressions for people? Yeah. I don't know if that's something I want to advertise. I do that for people, but I'm not like, well, you just did. You advertised it. I did. <laughs> so I can do it. I have done it for people. But, um, yeah, I don't like uh, – is there like any – is there official training you're supposed to go through to do that? That's I it. think I, hypnosis is regulated. But if you do it under spiritual counseling, if you're an ordained minister, then I don't believe it matters. Uh, it all depends on how you package it. If you're doing life coaching through spiritual counseling and you happen to do regression. Well, we can just call it shamanic journeying because I do that. And then uh, we'll have a focus on recalling past experience there you go yeah it's all about the package you put it in and being the rules is you don't want any bad unintended consequences yeah <laughs> oh but yeah fun stuff it is you know it's really interesting and um uh well oh so that was uh, i was gonna say also so how i started to kind of uh, realize that we're uh like no one is really from this planet is when I was able to starting to be able to see people's spiritual forms, I would look at their bodies and then it would look past like the chakra system and the, like meridians and all that stuff. And then I would see like their form beyond that. And I'm like, none of these people look the same. Like some people look the same, like similar kinds of beings. And I was like, none of them are anything like anything I've seen on earth. So I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> and then through journeying and remember remembering things, I learned that, um, yeah, we come from all different places. We are in the galactic melting pot. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are very much so. The Goldilocks zone, they call it. Yeah. Well, and there, there's something to be said for that because the way that the Earth is able to maintain life, if anything was different, if the axis was different, if the wobble was different, if the orbit around the sun was different, if the moon wasn't uh, positioned where it is, none of this could happen. So it's like really this auspicious moment to be able to have this experience. And not only that, but energetically too, like that being close to that portal, it really is as like human holiday. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a wild ride, you know. And um, and that, you know that's that's the thing is people um, uh, 
people ask sometimes, you know, well, you know, if we if we are creators of reality and we choose stuff, then like, why would anyone choose to live in like a war, or, like die from disease and all of this stuff? And um, you have to understand there are some beings that have existed for the equivalent, like we could say, of um, just like trillions of years. And uh, they've experienced everything. They've experienced all the most intense forms of suffering, all the most intense, beautiful forms of joy and everything in between. And so, you know, maybe to them, all right, well, I've never been a diseased human. So I'm gonna try it, <laughs> you know? So, um, <laughs> 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 oh, but yeah, no, my point in saying that was just that things in, um, uh, spirit are infinitely more complex than they are in the physical. And some people have the, almost this misconception that it's the other way around, um, which like there are some levels of truth to certain things where people say like, oh, you know, like once you pass on, then it's like, you know, it's just oneness and peace. And well, it's always been oneness and peace, but there are many, many layers in between and outside of these things. Um, so yes, like our physical forms continue, or our spiritual, we have many bodies and the bodies go on after this. And um, so, uh, but just the, the happenings within the various realms of spirit are um, way more dynamic than any of our minds can like comprehend. Um, so <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, be open to, um, uh, maybe learning a little bit more about that. I know that sounded kind of intimidating the way that I just put it. Nah, that's fine. People, but um, but man, is there incredible beauty out there uh, that's happening all around us all the time? Um, yeah, why not tap into that experience a little bit? Just get a taste of it. Why not? And the whole idea that oneness is all there is, and it's always that way. That's what I use when I find myself faced with like like why would someone choose that like just stepping back and remember i am that and in, in some aspect and you know it helps me step out of a place of judging that as something bad because you don't know what the being's experience is that is having the experience or why they chose it and all these things but just that's a great reminder step back and remember that and it, it, it think it seems to make a lot of the unpalatable things in the world palatable when i do that mm. stepping into the pace of non-judgment and just labeling it all however you choose you could label it all as perfection Yes, yeah, and I, and I do a lot of the time, you know. Why not? <laughs> anyway, I think we're, we're we're up here coming up on an hour. If we want to be Instagram TV savvy, yeah, we got to be IGTV, so we want to post it there. So great wrapping up point. Plus, where do you really go after that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this so, is the last episode of Stir Crazy Shaman. Yeah, we've done it all now. Climax. Yeah. Every, every the, the truth is out. They know they know who I am. I have to run away. I have to go in hiding. Yeah, if you, if, you, if you die tomorrow, I'm going to be very sad, Casey. <laughs> hang around this incarnation a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, anyway, thank you, everyone. Yep. Nike, Nike, Nike. And uh, please, if you're watching this on a replay and are going to go back and start from the beginning because you missed the first part, please uh, start a watch party. Go to the YouTube channel, like, subscribe, thumbs up, all that good stuff. Help us out to spread the contagion of consciousness. And a Nike, a Nike, a Nike. Bye, everyone. Thank you, thank you.